You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I want to talk about something that is a little bit controversial. When I say controversial, I mean that if there are females who are listening to this podcast episode, they, I feel, might disagree, although I feel like I'm going to have a pretty good argument here. I also feel like uh, even some guys might disagree. And and it is a pretty polarizing stance on the idea of vulnerability, being vulnerable with women, and being vulnerable in general. And that's what we're talking about today. The idea of vulnerability, this buzzword that has been around for the past 10 years. Women are preaching to men, be vulnerable. This is it's funny. They, there, people would probably think that this episode is the idea of toxic masculinity, but I think it's it's actually toxic that women are preaching for men to be more vulnerable around women. It's extremely toxic because it is giving them the exact opposite of advice of, of what works in terms of attraction. So this episode's all about that. And then we'll go into some Q&A per usual lately because a lot of great questions have been written in and I want to be able to answer them here for you. So let's dive in. Let's talk about vulnerability. Vulnerability. Okay. Well, let's let's do something fun. Let's look up what vulnerable definition is. Vulnerable. Susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. That's interesting. Another one is, and this is what we're talking about here, in need of special care, support, or protection because of age, disability, or risk of abuse or neglect. Okay? Yeah, so in need of special care support. So a man who is being vulnerable to a woman or a woman who's being vulnerable to a man is someone who needs help, is in need of, of support, usually emotional support. And when I mean emotional support, I mean that's kind of what we're talking about here today in terms of when women are saying, Men should be more vulnerable and show their emotions and, and all that good stuff. So let's talk about this for a second. So first, let's break down the idea of what attraction is and what women are attracted to. And I know that this might seem so confusing to guys. That's why I wanted to do this episode because you guys are hearing exact opposite stuff. You're hearing, the, when I say exact opposite stuff, exact opposite of what I'm saying today, right? You're hearing from women, men are so sexy when they're vulnerable. Men are so sexy when they show their emotions. So I actually do believe that. I do believe that if a man shows vulnerability like one or two times, maybe, that there might be this slight, slight, by the way, not this insane attraction, a slight bit of attraction where the girl's like, oh, wow, he can also be a little bit vulnerable. I think that if it happens one or two times, okay, maybe... That is true. There is this kind of little bit of like connection or attraction that a woman might feel. Now, let's compare that, by the way, to a man with, let's say, broad shoulders who's chopping wood and taking care of business. I think that that picture that I just described there versus man on the couch crying, I would say that a woman is going to be significantly more attracted to that right? The one of, of, of pure raw masculinity, okay? So let's just say that. Now, back to what I was saying a second ago, attraction. Attraction happens when a woman 
feels a spike of emotions. And usually this is coming from when a man is displaying his masculine traits. Okay? So that is when attraction actually happens. And I think most people can, can agree with that. I don't think there's anyone out there who would think that that's something that's isn't the way of attraction, right? I think that's what happens, right? When a man sees a woman and he's attracted to her, it's because of her feminine traits. When a woman is attracted to a man, it's because of his masculine traits. But then all of a sudden, all this vulnerability stuff came about. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it happened. There's a lot of theories. I don't know. Maybe because our parents, the baby boomers, softened up and and taught you know the kids to be you know, more soft. I I don't know, whatever it is. I don't really want to get into that because I don't have much information. I really just want to talk about the facts of of how this all works in terms of attraction to help you, okay? So whatever the reason is, it's popular, it's talked about. So women are saying to men, be more vulnerable. And what's happening is when you hear that advice, like let's break this down. When you hear the advice, be more vulnerable, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to try to do that, right? Let's just assume you, you, you are listening to that advice and it's from a woman and she's telling you because she's telling you how attraction works because it's her experience. So all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be more vulnerable. So you start to cry in front of your significant other. So you start to talk about your emotions all of the time. So you end up talking about any emotion that comes up, whether it be depression or anxiety or frustration, or anger, and you're just metaphorically vomiting all these emotions on the woman because you're like, hey, this is women think it's sexy. Being vulnerable, that's what vulnerability is. And according to our dictionary here, I'm reading it right now, in need of special care support. So you become this needy, weak person. That that is what you are displaying. I mean, let's be honest. If someone is consistently vulnerable, it is a weakness. I don't think anyone could argue with that either. Someone who's vulnerable consistently is weak. Now, I know what people might say. This is where the interesting part comes in. A woman might say to that, well, well, of course, you shouldn't always be vulnerable. If you're always talking about your emotions, or you're always doing that, then yeah, of course, that's going to be unattractive. And I can imagine the other side, the women saying something like that. Like, well, yeah, that's, that's too much. You can't be consistently vulnerable or needy. A woman's not going to like that. Okay. So then my question back to a woman or or anyone else, a man, whatever, anyone else who's who's really fighting for the vulnerability movement. Okay. (laughs) It's funny. Funny sentence there. Vulnerability movement. But that's what it seems to be. So anyone on the side of the vulnerability movement might say, well, you just want to be vulnerable once in a while. Okay. Well, what's... What's vulnerable once in a while? Is that once a week? Is that every other day? Is it once a month? Is it once a year? And of course, who the fuck knows, right? Like no one knows the answer to that. You just be kind of guessing. Like, oh, you should be vulnerable once a week. At this. It's like, huh? What? What, what? That's that's not that's not advice. That's not practical advice. Good advice which I really do my absolute best, and I think I'm pretty good at it here on the podcast and everything else, is to make it practical. Because what's advice if you can't use it? And what's the point of getting advice if you can't get results from it? So if we're just talking about, okay, once a week, this, uh, every other day, whatever it may be, you can't do anything with it. What are you going to do? Just pick? 
Like, okay, it's Tuesday. Last Tuesday, I was vulnerable. Let me sit down with my girlfriend or the girl I'm dating. Let's talk about emotions. Or should we do it once a week? To me, once a week seems like a lot, right? That's a lot to be showing. I don't know if we call it feminine qualities, maybe feminine qualities, but not masculine qualities. So that's why to get to a point here, it's like, okay, well, what are we supposed to do, Trip? Well, that's why I say just never be vulnerable. Never be puking out your emotions. And the reason why I say never is because that's practical advice. Because it's something that you can use. You could use that. I'm not saying it's easy, but you can use it because you're not sitting here thinking, well, it's been one week ago since I wrote or two months ago. You're not thinking that. You're just like, oh, that's the rule. Just let's not do this. Okay. Now, here's the thing this is where feminists might come in. Even though it's funny, I, I'm considered a feminist. I mean, most people are just because they believe in the equality of women. But, you know, these third wave feminists, they'll come in and they'll say something that, to the, the degree of, well, this is the problem toxic masculinity, men never showing their emotions, suicide rates are up. And, and by the way, I agree with that. That's right. I have heard from statistics that suicide rates across men are up. Or I don't even know if it was up or they're, or they're higher than women, whatever it may be. Again, I'm not arguing for that side, but that's things I've heard. It's like that is dangerous. That is dangerous when a man can't show his emotions. And so this is what I'm trying to say here. I never ever say, don't ever show your emotions ever to anyone. What I'm saying as a dating coach to help you get results in your dating life is that you should not be showing your emotions to your girlfriend your wife. And I'll get more specific on on what that means in a second because that is kind of vague advice as well. But before we get to that, just what I'm saying here is you should not be showing your emotions to the woman who you are having a sexual relationship with. If you want your sexual relationship and your sexual attraction to die, vulnerability would be the answer. So the answer is don't do it at all. And when you need to, and, 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 and so here's the point here, you don't need to hold in your emotions. You have your male friends for that. You have your family for that. You have a coach for that. I get very vulnerable with my clients. My clients get very vulnerable with me. Fantastic. Fantastic. They should. They have therapists for that. They have psychiatrists for that. There's a lot of people that are going to be there for you in your vulnerable stages. And I I really encourage you guys to use those resources. It is very unhealthy to hold in your emotions. It is very healthy not to process what's going on because it can cause more anxiety, more depression. And then what's good in that? That's not going to help you as a human. It's not going to help you in this world. So the answer is don't go to women to be vulnerable. Okay. Now, when I say to you, never do it, obviously that's an that's a hard thing to do, to not show emotions, anxieties, sadness to your partner. So of course you're gonna slip, and that's okay. That's fine. You're not gonna bat a hundred percent. It's not possible. I don't bat a hundred percent in my relationship with that. There are times when I do show my vulnerability. And 
That's because we are human and we make mistakes. But you're still going to be okay. See, once I say to you, well, be vulnerable. It's such weird advice. You should be vulnerable once a week, (laughs) twice a week, once a month or whatever it is. It just becomes ridiculous. It's like you'll already naturally do that and it will be fine. Life happens. Stress happens. Your emotions will show. Now, to get more specific on the emotions, I don't mean you walk around like a robot. Like it's okay every once in a while to feel anger. It's okay every once in a while to feel these things. Okay, that's that's fine. You might have a day at work that was so tough on you. So tough on you. By the way, if you're having consistent days of work that are so tough on you, I would get a new job, right? Obviously, that's not a good job for you. But life happens. I have stressful days at work and and I and there it's just I show it. I you know, I'm wearing it on my sleeve that day because it was a really intense day. That happens from time to time. But what I'm not going to do is sit there and just blah, you know, vomit out all these emotions and stuff. It's like, I know that's not attractive. And also, there is something to be said about dealing with your emotions, right? About saying, okay, I'm not going to sit here and pout all day. I'm going to do something about it. So again, it's not about necessarily holding it in, but it's about solving the problem for yourself. How do I feel less anxious? How do I get to the point where I can feel less depressed? but I won't be talking to your girlfriend or wife about it, okay? And now a lot of guys, I know they've said to me, and I'm sure some of you are thinking this now, it's like, well, I want to do that. Well, I want to, I want to be able to have that kind of relationship. Let me tell you something. I have a relationship with my girlfriend and there is plenty to talk about and plenty to do without me being vulnerable all the time. It's like people think like, oh, vulnerability is like, it's like, that's the way you connect with someone. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think that you can connect with someone beyond having to show deep-rooted emotions. And again, I'm not saying be a robot. You can show emotions. But when it comes down to you showing any kind of weakness, women will be unattracted to that. They're like, oh, this guy's anxious all the time. Oh, this guy's depressed all the time. They're not going to be attracted to that. And any woman who's saying that they would be is lying. They're lying because they're just trying to prove their point. It's just not true. They will not be attracted to someone who's consistently emotional. So that's why you want to do it. I mean, never, right? But of course, it's just going to happen. It's going to come out from time to time. And there's other ways that you can connect. Like it's okay. Again, I'm trying to get very specific here so you you really understand. It's like it's okay to like, for example, I tell guys to get my book magnetic. And inside of magnetic, I'm actually opening up the book right now. There's a chapter called the 36 questions that make a, makes a woman fall in love with you. And it's uh, 36 questions that was done in a study where people asked the questions, answered them. And some people fell in love. One couple actually got married. So I tell you specifically, t- you know, take these questions and ask them. And they're, they're vulnerable questions, but like they're not questions that's going to make you look weak or like you don't have your life together, right? So, and this is a way to connect with someone without being vulnerable. So here's some questions in here. Like, what is your most treasured memory? Again, you know, you might say, oh man, you know, the best time in my life was this one time, blah, 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 blah. And of course, those are emotions. Okay, that's fine, right? That's fine to talk about that stuff. Let's see. There, I'm trying to look at some ones that are a little bit more towards the kind of negative like share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. 
like that's fine, you know? Yeah, that is technically being vulnerable, but talking about a time that you were embarrassed is not going to kill attraction. But it's a way where you guys and you will connect with each other. Here's one. Okay, so here's an example of a pretty intense one. Number 24 is how do you feel about your relationship with your mother? So here's the thing is there's different ways to go about this, right? Of course, let's let's just make this binary. You either have a great relationship with your mom or not so great. And of course, if you say it's it's great, then okay, great. And that's that's pretty nice, right? But let's say you don't have a good relationship with your mom. Well, there's a way to answer that, right? You could say it in the vulnerable, weak way, which is, yeah, I have a really bad relationship with my mom. It causes me a lot of anxiety. It's caused problems in past relationships. I just don't like love my mom. I don't respect my mom. And it's just like, yeah, it's a disaster. And I'm still trying to get work and help with it. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, that's a little intense. I don't think we can call that as sexy. Okay. But how about this answer? How about this answer if, you, if you're going through these questions with the woman and connecting? Yeah, I, I don't have, you know, again, this is just an example of someone who doesn't have a good relationship with their mom. Yeah, I don't have the best relationship with my mom. We haven't talked in a couple of years. But, uh, but yeah, I've been through therapy and, and I've gotten it handled. And really, it's, uh, it's been tough throughout my life, but it's something I've been able to manage. And I've come out a lot stronger on the other side because of it. You see the difference there? It's like that is going to be attractive. A person who has it all together, who is capable of handling it. And if you don't have it handled, well, first of all, it's not good for your life. And also, it's just not going to be attractive. It's just how it works. Okay? Think about the most unattractive trait that you could think of in a woman. Just whatever that may be to you. For everyone, it can be a little bit different. What, think about what that is. And so what if I said, well, just go and, and date a woman who has that unattractive trait and, and just kind of deal with it. Like you're not going to be able to deal with it. So again, and it's interesting. It's interesting how women are spitting this out. It's toxic and it's terrible for men because they're saying be vulnerable and men are being vulnerable. And guess what? They're coming off weak to their women and the women are unattracted. So they're literally giving them the exact advice that they need to unattract a woman. I think what a woman is saying is she just wants to be with a guy who's not an arrogant piece of shit. I, that's, that's what I think. That's my interpretation of why they're saying vulnerability is sexy. You know, I think there's also... You know, if I go, I'm, I'm thinking about this literally in the moment. Like as I'm, as I'm really thinking about this, I'm thinking maybe another reason why women think vulnerability is sexy is because, and this goes back to like literotica. If you know anything about literotica is a lot of the stories are very similar in the sense where there's this tough guy who's super tough and he's kind of almost like rejecting the woman throughout it. Like he, he's never giving into her. And then finally, at the end, he gives in and he shows his kind of vulnerable, weak spot. And so I think what that means in the book is she gets to have him. It's like she gets him, like not understands him, but gets him like she got him. She, she won. She won the prize that she was looking for. She got the guy that she wanted. And I feel like maybe that's what it is, that women are seemingly, right? They think it's not that they're trying to lie to you. Like they know that vulnerability is not sexy and they're just lying to you. It's like they think it is because what that means is 
the guys opening up to them, they won. Like they won the battle. You know, it's like they won that little battle of, of they got the guy, right? They got him. They got him to do that thing that most guys don't do. It's like a fantasy. But what happens is, okay, maybe in that moment, she goes, wow, he's being vulnerable. He's being real with me and raw. And in that moment, there's this kind of spike of attraction. But the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you do it, I'm repeating myself, the more you do it, it is going to end up actually being unattractive and she's not going to like it. And also, there's something to be said. Again, this is all so complicated stuff. It's all of our, it's all of our psychology. There's something to be said. It's like once you get the thing that you got, it's like not always as great as you thought it was going to be, right? It's like, I'm even, I'm even theorizing it here. Maybe when, when a guy is that vulnerable, she's like, gets that quick spike of dopamine of like, oh, she got him. But then right away, she's like, eh. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you ever like wait in line for a long time for something, for food or for a ride? And, and it's like, once you're there, it's kind of like this quick little spike of dopamine for whatever it is that you were waiting for. And then it's like, okay, whatever. You know, it's like almost as if you're more excited before you get it. I mean, that's what dopamine is, by the way. I've actually read this, that one of the reasons why dopamine exists because it gives us the motivation to go seek food. So that's why you ever like, it's kind of fun being hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like it kind of feels good. I don't mean to be starving where like you're hangry and your stomach hurts, but it's fun to feel hungry. You feel kind of good. You're like, you're excited. You're excited to eat. Like hunger kind of feels good. You ever notice that? That's a real thing. That's dopamine being released because it's motivation for you to eat. So it wants your body, your body wants to be able to have enough motivation, not be depressed and be happy enough to go and seek and hunt and eat the food, right? It's like once you eat the food, you're not like happy being full. Like when's the most enjoyable moments? The moments right before you eat and probably like right when you're taking your first bites. And after that, it kind of goes down. Interesting, right? So maybe it's the same idea here. Is that like, yeah, once she gets that, it's kind of like, oh, okay. And now it's kind of done. But what makes it really scary is vulnerability is something like, it's like playing with fire. It's dangerous because it is something that is showing a weakness. And if you do that too much, it's unattractive. Whew. How about that for a rant? Damn. And uh, it was kind of cool. I really wanted to do this because I also did want to work out some stuff. I came up with some new theories, literally in the moment, just some thoughts on, on this whole thing and things I've been thinking about. By the way, I got taught this from, from some things, some red pill stuff. Uh, by the way, I don't consider myself red pill. I'm not saying like, look at me, I'm unplugged now, that whole thing. But the red pill does have some things in there that do make sense. And, and it's because I've seen it. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it in my own life. I've witnessed it in other people's life. And this is kind of just one of those aspects. Again, the, the whole thing with red pills, it's very dangerous. And I do not condone it because it, it's so extreme to the point where they hate women. And I do not hate women by any means or, or disrespect them. So anyways, I, I've learned this stuff. And I did reject it pretty fast because it was against everything that I thought I once knew. But then once I started to think about it more and understand it more, it's like, oh, wow, no, this is the, yeah, this is the reality of it. That's right. That's right. It's so interesting. If you guys have any good arguments against this or any thoughts on this, I want to hear from you. I've said this before. It's very annoying how they're still. And I know this is my billion dollar idea that there still is no social media 
revolved around uh, podcasts. Like, wouldn't it be cool if I could post this podcast and then you guys could comment on it and we can engage and talk about the conversation? But they just don't have that yet. Don't know why. Anywho, uh, yeah, if you have any thoughts on this, DM me. Trip advice. I'd love to hear it. At Trip Advice on Instagram. Let's go into some questions. I know that there's been a lot coming through. If you have any questions, you can email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Go ahead and email me your question, put in the subject line podcast question, and we'll pick out the ones that uh, sound like they are thoroughly written and have unique questions like this one. Hey, Trip, anonymous listener from Canada here, 29. I will get to the question first and then give an example. The example is just one of many similar interactions. The question, how do I get over the shame from rejection? I met my roommate's girlfriend's roommate and she was quite lovely. Okay, hold on. Let me make sense of this. My roommate's girlfriend's roommate. Got it. Okay. I would run into her here and there and she would light up, smile, and be open to talking. I built up some confidence and asked her out to dinner. She said, yes, we planned a day in time, and she was excited about it. I pick her up, and she said she can only hang out for 30 minutes because she had just made other plans an hour before I picked her up. She told me what it was, and it wasn't anything serious or family-related. She had the option of doing it whenever and chose to not tell me until after she got into the car. I was frazzled, but she still did want to hang out for 30 minutes. And since she was in my car, I didn't want to be perceived as a dick and cancel. I may not have confidence, but my time is valuable and doing that is not cool. Anyways, after that, I get ashamed. I didn't even have a chance. I didn't even get a chance. Now my roommate will know what happened. And it's embarrassing because it's been so long that I've been on a real date. I feel like I'm unable to attract a woman So why ask someone out? This is just my most recent experience, but it always seems to end like this with me feeling ashamed and emasculated. All right, this is... Wow, this is interesting. What a great question. Okay, so there's there's a few things to cover here per usual. So the first thing that I pick up on this question is how you reacted to her wanting to hang out for 30 minutes. So the original plan was to go out to dinner. She said yes to the dinner, and then you guys planned a day and a time. Okay. Then she comes in and says, I can hang for 30 minutes, but she had other plans. I would have canceled that date. I would have canceled that date. I don't want to be someone's afterthought, and I don't want you to be someone's afterthought. It's kind of like in a situation like this, and I get this is a little bit more difficult because it's your you know roommate's girlfriend's roommate, but still, it doesn't matter. Honestly, what I would have done because 30 minutes just saying yes to that it makes you look weak and almost beta really honestly just like accepting that like oh okay it's like that is not what you want and I don't want you guys trying to maneuver your way to do things just so it works for the girl you got to do what works for you and I can tell by the way that you wrote this and the tone that you did not want to just hang out for 30 minutes, right? This was a waste of your time. And I completely agree. It is a waste of your time. So this is a very unique situation. So I know I'm going to give advice here and this most likely won't happen to most of you, but it's still the mindset behind it. So the advice I want to give you here is 
if you ever end up in a situation where it's not this type of situation that you are looking for, you do not have to do that. You don't have to do that because you're not the dick here. Honestly, she is. Okay. But I don't want to sit here and, and complain and play victim either. So I don't want to be like, well, she's a bitch and da da. No, it just think about yourself and your time. And obviously, 30 minute quick hangout that's going to feel rushed is a very low value type of hangout. Obviously, the best hangout, the one that you were hoping for, was more intimate, longer, where you guys can connect and talk and you can have an opportunity to build attraction and more importantly, see if she's someone who's cool to see again. So I would have said, hey, you know what? Let's not rush this and let's just do this another time if you're still interested. So this is one of those times where I'd really put the ball in her court almost because I don't want to do the date unless she is very interested in doing it. So normally I know I tell you guys you want to be dominant and lead and all that stuff, but this is one of those like, we just put that out there as a test. Like, okay, like, you know, she doesn't seem that interested. So we're not going to convince her because we don't want to hang out with low interest. We only want to hang out with high interest. So this is a filter for high level of interest. And how do we filter? In this specific case, it's like ball is in her court. So I'd say, hey, listen, let's not do it. I'd rather not do this rushed. I actually wanted to have more of a hangout with you. So if you're down, we can do it again. Otherwise, it's all good. I'd really try almost to give her the out. And you're doing this specifically because you're only trying to hang out with high level of interest women. Okay? So that's the first thing. Now to your question. How do I get over the shame from rejection? So I'm gonna, I'm not going to treat you like a child. I don't like to treat anyone here like a child. You are all adults. At least you should be. You shouldn't be hopefully 18 or over if you're listening to this podcast. And I'm going to treat you like an adult. So I'm not going to baby you. And I'm going to say this. You probably are not doing enough volume. And I want you to stand the fuck up and stop complaining and get your ass out there. Okay? That's my tough love for you. So I don't want you to be looking for some sort of like, I'm going to console you and make you feel better. And like, I get it. Shame from rejection sucks. But what I need to do is toughen you up a little bit. And the way I'm going to do that is let you know that if you cannot handle rejection, then don't play this game. Okay? Stop taking rejection so personally. Stop feeling so ashamed and emasculated. Your words, you said, it always seems to end like you're feeling ashamed and emasculated. Okay? You need to work on building attraction. Your sentence before this, quote, I feel like I'm unable to attract a woman, so why ask someone out? This is victim mentality, and I don't like it. None of you guys should be playing victim. None of you guys should be saying, woe is me, I can't do it. Come on. Yes, you can. You have 583. That's, this is episode 583. You have 583 podcasts that either directly teach you in the full hour and 45 minute long podcast, how to build attraction, or at least everyone teaches it on some level. So you have opportunities. You also have opportunities for coaching. You and I can do coaching. I have a book. I have a course. Like It's all there. So what I need you to do is stop playing victim, stand up, brush yourself off, and don't let a couple of rejections get you down. I mean, if you want to go out there and meet an amazing woman, 
you're going to have to get rejected probably over a hundred times. Now, here's some advice. Of course, this has all been advice, but speaking specifically to the shame part, got to remember these women that are rejecting you, they don't even know you. Or we can say this, they're rejecting a version of you. I was a person who got rejected all the time. And then after working on myself, I stopped getting rejected as much. Of course, I still got rejected. You can't get every girl in the world. And the guys that I coach used to always get rejected a lot until they learn the ways to attract women and then they don't get rejected as much. So right now, you're dealing with an old iOS, like an old operating system. So let's just say this. The way to filter this, to make yourself feel better about this, is they are not rejecting you. They're rejecting an old version of you. You can change any day you want. So I'm not hearing the question from you, Anonymous. How do I build attraction? How do I be a more attractive person? How do I stick up for myself? How do I be more confident? Instead, you're just saying, how do I get rid of the shame? And I get it. But let's flip the question now. How do I become a guy that women want to be with? That's the question that's, like I said, answered here on the podcast through my TED system that I talk about quite a bit in my book and my coaching, my YouTube channel, on my TikTok, all over. And that's what you need to be researching and working on. So stop equating shame and rejection. Think of rejection as part of the process. I mean, if you wanted to get a job, are you just going to quit? Because you're feeling shameful because you're not getting the job, but you're doing a lot of interviews? No, you're not. You're going to keep going because this is what you need to do. And I want you to look at this as something that you need to do. Because this is. Every guy should learn this stuff. This should not be a podcast of, oh, well, I want to learn how to get better with women. This should not be extracurricular. This needs to be in every guy's head. That's how much I believe in this stuff. This is information that every guy needs to know. You need to learn how to be better with women. You need to learn how to be better with people. You need to build confidence to this process so you can be an amazing man for uh, an amazing woman that you meet and for the rest of the people that you meet. You need to do this for yourself. All right. So hope I gave you some good tough love there. I hope that helps. Stop equating the shame and the rejection. Move past it and use the idea of resiliency and persistence. That's the name of the game. Dude, get my book, apply for coaching, do something, learn the proper methods, build the skill, and then the women will be attracted. If you build it, they will come. No pun intended. All right, let's go to another question from Alex. Hi, Trip. Thanks so much for your content. I've gained a lot from it. I have an issue that might be a little outside your normal area of expertise, but I'm curious if you have a take. My wife of seven years and I have opened our marriage in the past year and have been exploring polyamory. This was all very exciting until my wife realized that the deep intimate connection she had with her boyfriend was revealing the fact that I had never learned how to be attractive. And she decided she wanted to restructure our relationship to a platonic one. Around that time, her girlfriend pointed me to your content, 
which led to a huge turnaround for me. I now have three regular partners, which is exciting, but it doesn't completely take away the pain of the fact that my wife doesn't desire me because I desire her more than ever. I like the abundance mindset you talk about, and I know that in a normal circumstance, you would probably say that I should just move on and not waste my energy on a woman who has low interest in me. However, we have three kids together, we are good friends, and there isn't an immediate need to get a divorce. I'm wondering if the skills you teach need to be modified for this situation where I'm targeting a specific woman with whom I have a fairly long history, or does the same move on advice apply and should I focus on getting my needs met in my other relationships and accept the idea of being platonic? Alex. Whoa. This is, uh, wow, what a situation. And definitely a, a challenging one for me. I, I will be honest with you, but not that challenging. I do have an answer for you. It's just, there's, there's a lot of interesting things here. Okay, so I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. You're in a polyamorous relationship with your wife. You have three kids. At this point, you and your wife are platonic. So there's no sexual anything happening between you two. Uh, but you each have partners, but you're still upset that the person that you want is your current wife who does not desire you anymore and sees you as platonic. Okay, so I wish you were here where I could ask more questions. Unfortunately, that is one of the downsides of just reading emails is I only have what I have here. But one thing that first comes to mind is your children. So... I wouldn't be talking about this if you didn't have kids. We'd be talking about something a little bit different or getting me maybe more to the point of the situation. But you have kids together. This is this is where it's challenging for me because I'm not a psychologist. I did not learn much about human development and and family studies, which funny enough, that was my uh, major for like two semesters. But But yes, what is most important here is your kids. All I know is this much. Being in a marriage that is non-sexual, I, I believe, again, I don't know for sure, but it doesn't sound that that's going to be good for the kids. The kids might not, you know, it, the fact that they don't see the mom and dad together showing love Maybe you are. This is where I'd want to ask you questions. Where, like, I don't know, you know, if you guys aren't kissing, if you guys aren't affectionate with each other, that might be a problem for the way that you're raising the kids. Now, of course, people might say, and I'm even saying this to myself. Well, what about what about divorce? Like, sometimes people get divorced, and then there's no mom around a lot. There's no dad around a lot. Yeah, I, I would imagine that is still not good for the development of the kids. So, I guess my point here is, is that as I'm working this out. You got to make sure you're doing what's best for the kids. Again, I don't have that answer. That would be someone you should seek out, like a psychologist or uh, at least a, a someone who has a doctorate in psychology to talk about that to figure out what to do there. Meaning you might want to get a divorce and that might be more important or maybe not. Maybe it's still good to have the mom around and dad around even though you guys aren't being loving. I'm not 100% sure on that. So that is... Priority number one, you got to figure out how this is going to affect the children. Okay. So that is very important. Now, to answer your, your main question here, which you're saying sounds like, like, what do I do? Like, do I just move on from this idea? 
Well, I don't know if you should move on quite yet, but again, I don't have enough information. You see, you never learned how to be attractive. So the problem here is, is once a woman sees that you're not someone who's exhibiting the masculine qualities or being attractive, it's very hard for her to come back and think that this person, you in this case, has those qualities. So what happens is it keeps her unattracted to you. So my first advice would be, can you use my TED formula, tension, entertainment, and dominance to try to reattract her? Have you tried to do that? From reading this, it doesn't seem like you necessarily have. So no, I would not just move on. This is very important. You have an opportunity to save a marriage, which is going to affect uh, you, of course, uh, and your children, even more importantly. Because once you have kids, it's not about you anymore. It's about those children. They are developing. They are becoming humans. Okay, I don't know how old they are, but my guess is young enough to still be affected by what's happening here. So yes, this is no. Definitely do not move on. Um, even though it's low interest, you got to try. So I would say first, try to reattract her using Ted. Try to be seducing her. Try to be building tension. Try to be exhibiting some of the masculine traits like dominance like being non-reactive when things are going wrong and being a person who's taking control of the family. Again, I wish I can give you more specific advice. I wonder if there's anything that you've been doing, and it could be a whole number of things that have made her unattracted to you. I wonder what that is. So I would be doing that with her because this is very important. And this is not just a girlfriend. So in this very specific case, you're targeting for sure. You want to try. Of course, there is a, a time limit, I would imagine, on something like this. Like, I wouldn't give this more than three months. If it takes more than three months, it's probably just not going to work. Can you take her on dates again? Can you guys do something you haven't done in a long time, like going on a vacation? I know that doesn't solve everything, but it might reignite a spark. What can we do to reignite a spark? Was there anything you were doing before when you first got together that you're not doing now? Do you need to do something where you guys are doing something where she's seeing you sleep with the girl? Maybe that's going to turn her on seeing how there's other women who are attracted to you. Maybe, and this is a bigger point too, it's possible that this whole thing was was a mistake and that you guys should have not opened up your marriage. Maybe it was worse. Maybe it made it worse. Or possibly maybe this potentially had to be what it had to be and And she wanted to do it because she stopped being coming attracted to you. Point being, long story short, TLDA, too long, didn't, I always say A because I think audio, TLDL, too long, didn't listen, is you need to try to get this back together. You need to try to re-seduce her. I outline this in my book and of course my podcast. I know that it could be annoying for some people to hear. It's like, well, why don't you just tell me right now? But I can't because it just, it's it's a lot to go over in such a little time that we have here for every episode. But it's all out there. It's all there. And you need to try to do that. And if that doesn't work, then you need to talk. Well, either way, you should be talking to a psychologist, talking to someone in the field that knows about developmental studies and seeing what is a platonic relationship like. I know, I remember off the top of my head, I have a friend from childhood and their parents were pretty platonic. I don't know if that was very healthy for her. I think that messed her up a little bit. So again, something you want to look into, and that part would be definitely outside of my area of expertise. All right. So there is 
a lot there. We have definitely opened the doors to some interesting questions. And if you have any questions, email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line, podcast question. Very cool. We're going to wrap it up here. If you need any help, you want coaching, go to coachedbytrip.com. Coachedbytrip.com. Apply today where myself or one of my coaches can work with you and help you with meeting women, attracting women, talking to women in person and online. If you feel that that might be a little bit of a jump for you, you're not ready to do hardcore coaching, then you can always get my book, Magnetic, or my video course called Hooked. Check that out, getherhooked.com. All the links for all these things I'm telling you are in the show notes. So go ahead and check those out. Thanks for emailing in. Thanks for hearing my rant today. You can DM me if you want, if you want to just add your two cents about the conversation of vulnerability. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the next one. Take care.